Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to another episode of The The Castle Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-themed podcast. Today we'll be taking a look back on all that happened within our podcast and the Walt Disney Company in 2022. Buckle up, because this is about to be the wildest episode in the wilderness. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. Happy New Year, everybody. Oh my gosh, it's 2023. Wow, I cannot believe that 2022 has come and gone. It blows my mind how quickly time moves. And the older I get, the faster it moves. My grandma's told me that for years, and it is true. I also, it's wild. I got engaged in 2022, and it feels like yesterday I got engaged, and I got engaged in April. So it's the whole year feels like a blur but here we are it's january is it the second today that we're recording this yes it's january 2nd oh my gosh we're recording this january 2nd so you guys will hear this a little bit later but it's crazy we're already two days into 2023 and it's already flying by yep it is absolutely already being kicked off all the things already happening it's an exciting time but Before we jump into a new year full of exciting things and things for us personally, things for us as a podcast, we want to reflect on how incredible 2022 was. 2022, I think, for a podcast was amazing. There was a lot of things that happened for both of us personally um, and you know, being able to go back and look at all of the things that have come and happened um, in order to have a greater appreciation of where we go moving forward, I think is an important thing to do. So we want to just start this year off strong by giving 2022, even though it was a year to say the least, um, give it some respect and, and reflect on it. Absolutely. I love the way that you said that. And also, it's a great opportunity for us to let you guys know how grateful we are for you and the way that we were able to connect together through 2022. So we've got a lot of content for you. We we will try our hardest to keep it as concise as possible, but we are going to hit you with the Walt Disney World news that we experienced during 2022. There's a lot of stuff that happened in the parks and then the movies and TV world, um, as well as our personal life, like we said. And we're going to talk a little bit about the podcast over the past year and what you guys can be looking forward to this year. So let's kick it off with some of our podcast stats. Well, what a year. We jumped into this thing and we said, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it, be consistent and really commit to the idea of running a podcast. I think it's really easy. Court and I both have full-time jobs outside of doing this. And this is a, a, passion project, a side hustle, whatever you want to call it. But we recorded 45 episodes this year, which is nearly an episode a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. And we did 45 of them. I I thought it was going to be less than that. And then we counted them and I was like, man, okay, we really did almost do one every single week. So I'm, I'm very impressed by that. 
Yeah, we've been rolling in these nine-week cycles. We did seasons when we first started. At the beginning of this year, we were still in that season format and then wanted to open things up a little bit for us to be a little bit more free-flowing with what's going on in our lives whenever we're visiting the parks and all of that and not be so boxed into when and what we record. But we kept to that nine-week cycle and then we would take two weeks off in between. So 45 weeks giving you guys Disney podcast content. I mean, I'm super proud of us for that. I know. And we had our first full official year. So we started the podcast in September of 2021. So to go, you know, January to December, it's I look back on it and it feels like yesterday we just started. But also I I can I can tell like the growth between you and I, the way that we speak in the mind. I just am proud of us. And I think we've come a really long way having a full year of doing a podcast. And I can't wait for 45 plus episodes for 2023. It's going to be so exciting. Yes, I'm pumped. I'm already itching to record all the things that we have in the works. We also, something that the podcast did this year was get a new recording space. We got a new studio. Yes, we got a new studio. That is then, I mean, we are still, I feel like in the process of like fully getting it decorated and set up. And I'm sure we will be for a long time because like we said, we have full-time jobs. And when we get together, we're like, okay, we have to record our episodes and we have to use our time time wisely so we I think it's a goal of ours this year in the first half of the year to really get our podcast studio like decorated set up correctly so that we can share it with you guys too because we want you to see the space that we get to record in yeah I would say once the space is set up and functional we would love to be able to also record these in a video format to place on something like YouTube so if you're driving in your car and you want to listen to this through a podcast platform you can if you're doing dishes in the kitchen and you want to put on something that you can watch with your eyes too and look at Court and I face to face and our cute little faces then look at us go maybe you can but I'll uh, have to stop wearing um like sweatpants for every recording sweats for life Sweats for life. Sorry, guys. You only get me in one form, and it's the comfy form. (laughs) Or scrubs. Or scrubs. Yeah, either or. (laughs) But okay, okay, okay. Back to episodes. Uh, What was your favorite episode? Uh, That's a loaded question. I would say every episode is my favorite episode because I love doing this. (laughs) Um, But I personally love learning about Disney Legends. I love when we do the Disney Legend episodes and for me uh looking back on all the ones we've done this year i really enjoyed digging into bob Iger. he is obviously a hot topic in disney right now but even before any of this happened he was one of our first episodes of 2022 and learning about his career really inspired me and made me respect him and and the life and career he built through disney um, and the abc company and i i really love digging into his life I mean, I think it's pretty um, telling that, you know, we release an episode on Bob Iger and then he somehow becomes CEO again. Maybe we're just speaking things into the Disney universe. So we should start having episodes that are like, these are the things we'd like to see in Disney World and maybe they'll just happen. Yeah, maybe so. How about you, Court? What was your favorite? Oh, okay. For me, I love giving out tips and tricks when it comes to your time in the Walt Disney World Park. So I really loved the top photo spots in the parks I loved that one and then a fun one on the side I also really loved our award show episode where we did um the award goes to movies of the 2000s and it was like a it felt like a blast from the past of these are the best and worst kind of movies from our I guess childhood because we were born in the 90s so the 2000s were our um our thriving era 
Yeah, I mean, speaking of speaking things into existence, we talked a lot about Princess Diaries on that episode. We did a Princess Diaries themed night at your bachelorette. Uh-huh, we sure did. And there's an apparent announcement of a Princess Diaries three. So, I mean, I think we should just. I think we should just keep doing this podcast. Yes, we're and apparently magic will continue to happen. Yeah, the things coming out of our mouths are <laughs> gold, essentially. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, who knows? Strong, strong start there. Well, we had a, a lot of really fun episodes this year but you guys your favorites your favorites were um the ultimate guide to disney Springs. so you guys love those tricks and tips how to get around certain places that episode we just kind of broke down what you can expect at disney springs from food entertainment drinks all the above shopping and then also the other episode you guys loved was when we had our special guest erica canant on and we interviewed her you guys loved that episode and erica if you're listening we love you and we're so grateful for our friendship with you and that was such a fun episode to record together so those were your two top episodes from 2022 that you guys liked if we did not mention an episode that you loved and you want to let us know send us a dm we want to know what was your favorite episode from 2022 yeah if we know what you guys love then we know what to record in 2023 so definitely let us know speaking of 2023 what do we have in the works for the castle chat Oh, what can we share? What secrets can we share? We have so much stuff in the works, guys. Court and I are huge dreamers, and it's truly a matter of time that we need in order to be able to bring all of our dreams to life with our jobs and everything. We get a certain amount of time per day that we can commit to all these things we want to do with the podcast. So give us a little bit of time and you might see a full-blown website. You might see some merch. You might see some uh, downloadable digital stuff that's yeah, in YouTube the YouTube page. I mean, we have a lot of big goals for this year. In our personal lives, we have a lot going on this year, but we are also very committed to the Castle Chat and the goals that we have. We recently um, purchased our Lost Weekend Co. Disney uh, planner. So we will be using our cute little aesthetic Disney planner to plan all of our goals and keep ourselves accountable to these things. So we're really excited about that. And I think the biggest thing on that list is merchandise. We've been talking to you guys about it for quite some time now. We have some amazing designs in the work. We just have to put a couple things together and put some puzzle pieces uh, and connect everything so that we can actually release that to you so definitely be on the lookout for some of these things we also have um, a really cool series that we are about to start in just a few weeks called the Disneyagram it is based off of the Enneagram personality test if you are not familiar with the Enneagram you definitely need to head to Google type in free Enneagram test and take it make sure that you figure out what type you are so that when the episodes come out, we'll have an episode per type. There's nine types and we will be going through type one, two, three, etc., and really connecting each of those personality types to Disney characters. And we are going to be including y'all's responses to things we've put on Instagram stories. So if you want to be an active part of the conversation around the Disneygram, then definitely be on the lookout for our Instagram stories because we have plenty of engaging content on there so that you guys can actually be featured and we can better understand you as a person and your personality type and share that with the world so i'm really really excited about that series we have tons of other episodes coming out but we figured we'd switch things up and and kick off the year strong with something like a personality style series 
Yeah, I love the series. I love the focused idea of nine straight episodes looking into one thing. It's like a mini series or like a little Netflix series, whatever that would translate to in podcast form. But um, I think it's going to be fun and exciting to learn um, not just about the the types themselves, but about you guys. I'm excited to connect with you guys more um, by learning about how you personally um, relate to Disney characters with your personality type and all that good stuff. So definitely be gearing up for an exciting nine episode series oh yeah it's gonna be so much fun for the castle chat in 2023 so you guys better buckle up and um always 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 be messaging us with ideas that you have things you want to hear things you want to see giveaways you want to be a part of um because we are always working hard to curate this podcast for to be something that you guys want and you guys are a part of and so um please always send us messages we we love um doing collaborative um creativity it's it's really fun to be able to build out our episodes and and cycles and seasons and all of that um all centered around you guys so that's a little bit of our 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 spotify wrapped our podcast wrapped for 2022 i think we should shift gears a little bit though and head straight into some disney news what are the big highlights from each month of 2022 that we experienced within the walt disney company how does that sound that sounds amazing amazing we better get rolling they're 12 months to get through um i actually don't think i had anything for january my my list starts with february and i'm trying to think if there's anything from january that was big that happened that i missed and i don't i'm not sure i might have to look it up later and and post it but is there anything you can think of that happened in january not here not specifically i think that there is a lot of reminders and anticipation towards the things that were coming in 2022 um i think 2022 was the first year post pandemic where things were like okay everything's open let's go you know full blown disney parks related stuff was you know, everything was getting quote unquote back to normal. So I think there was just a lot of anticipation for what the year was going to bring in January, but yeah. I don't remember any specific announcements. I feel like January or the, at least advertising wise, they were pushing like, Hey, this is like our first full year of the 50th anniversary. And like, Hey, come on back to the parks. It's a safe place to be. And, um, I think a lot of people were gearing up at the beginning of the year for like, when can I go on my Disney vacation because of COVID? So, um, it, to note, like I said, it, it was the first a full actual calendar year of the 50th anniversary because it started in October of 2021. So it feels like our podcast in a way it was like its first full year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of what they were focusing on, I guess, in January. In February, we saw the Disney Adventure Friends Cavalcade. So a cavalcade is something that kind of... Um, came about during covid because they could not gather large groups of people for the regular um parades that they would throw every day so they would do these little random cavalcades where a few floats will come out here and there with certain characters on them that would be you know they weren't scheduled times so it'd be less crowd gatherings and they came out with a Disney Adventure Friends cavalcade, which included a lot of characters that we don't get to see that often. I think we saw um, Marie from The Aristocrat. I think we had 
I think we who else was in that? Coco? Miguel, Miguel from Coco. Yeah, Miguel was um, new. And there was just, it was a couple of just really unique characters that you don't see a lot in the parks. So I think it was awesome that they came out with this cavalcade. Yeah. And a, a cavalcade is basically an abbreviated parade, like Courtney said, yeah. where you can't have more than the parades, the Disney parades that we know and love have so many different segments. You see the princess segment, you see the Mickey and Friends segment, and a cavalcade is just one of those segments. Um, so the the adventure cavalcade that we're talking about, I think has, um, at this point, has Mirabelle, has the Incredibles, has um, Miguel from Coco, um, maybe Merida, just a lot of, um, Disney characters, like Court said, that you don't get to see a lot. And so I think it was exciting to not only have something like a parade that was a consistent part of your daily Magic Kingdom schedule, but also having a lot of new characters introduced into the park as well. And, you know, they got that new cavalcade in February, but there was really big news in March when the Festival of Fantasy Parade was able to return. Everybody was very excited about this news. It was something that everyone had been looking forward to since COVID. It's such an amazing parade. So to have the cavalcade announced one month and then the actual parade the next, I think people were really excited to see two really different style um, parades be announced and, and brought back into the parks. Absolutely. And also in March, we had the All-Star Sports Resort open. And so all of the All-Star Resorts were finally back open again post-COVID. This uh, is actually the last resort on Disney property to open too. So now all the resorts were then open. I'm not exactly sure why All-Star Sports took so long to come back. Do you know why? I don't know specifically why. My guess would be all the All-Star properties are close together, and I believe the order of resort, maybe sports is in the middle, so it gave space between music and movies with the bus system and everything to make sure that the value resorts hold so many guests to have one of them not open would allow capacity for the transportation system which goes through all three resorts to yeah that's probably lower yeah but i mean it was exciting when they when they did actually open all-star sports because we were like okay great all of the disney resorts are now open it's in a lot of the news i feel like what we had from 2022 was a lot of reopenings mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not sure if there's any there's only a couple of things left that haven't returned that may not return since COVID. And i think covid provided a little bit of a way for some attractions or certain things to kind of just have their end and they may not come back and some people are upset about that but i think there are some things that it was just time so um but yeah resorts that was that was one of them what else happened in march so our uh galactic star cruiser resort was finally open and having guests come in there was a lot of media previews that happened and i don't know that um i mean i feel like there was a buzz around it when it opened and since then i haven't heard much so i know a lot of people are thinking that it hasn't been the biggest success um but kelly our girl over at Kelly's Magical Vacations just did the Galactic Star Cruiser in December, and she's a huge Star Wars fan, and she adored it. She loved it. She would go again, she says. So oh, I think yeah. it's it's a, a personality and um, Star Wars universe fandom preference. If you aren't into Star Wars, if you don't like role-playing and kind of making sure that you mentally are immersed in a story um, it might not be for you but it did open in March and has kind of been a roller coaster of figuring out how successful it actually is 
And if you are not super familiar with the Galactic Star Cruiser, it is basically an extremely immersive resort hotel. It's probably the most... I, I, I just heard it's like literally out of this world where it feels like you are on a star cruiser. You have all the characters around. There's an agenda, there's like an agenda that you have to follow and there's characters and dining. And it's just, it's absolute insanity at the highest level for a star Wars fan. And the price is also absolutely astronomical. Um, which I think is one of the reasons why it hasn't been that big of a hit because people cannot afford to, to be a part of that experience and it is one of those like really like high luxury like you are paying to be fully immersed into the star wars culture and um i would love to do it i think me and my fiance would thoroughly enjoy it just like kelly and her husband pat did but it just it's a it's a commitment yeah i would i the way i would describe it is essentially a star wars cruise on land you, yeah, yeah you go it's a, it's the star cruiser you get on you don't get off it's not like your other disney resorts where you're staying there overnight but you're going into all the parks no once you check in and you board your star cruiser that's where you are that's where you live yep. except for getting off to visit batu um in star wars galaxy's edge for a brief stint during your stay i do believe the price Price is high, but I do believe, like a cruise, it's all inclusive. Yes. Um, so you know, again, you're not paying for park tickets to go to the Magic Kingdom because you're on the Star Cruiser just doing Star Wars related things. So um, the price is high, but if you are a Star Wars fan, it's totally worth it um, mm-hmm. to to go and experience that new Disney resort. Yeah, and that was a that was a big piece of news that came out in March. Um, something else that happened in March: Swirls on the Water, which is a specific Dole Whip kiosk open up at Disney Springs, which is great. It's another opportunity to find Dole Whip on property. I have not checked out Swirl in the Water, but I'm looking forward to trying their non-pineapple Dole Whip versions because your girl don't like the pineapple Dole Whip. Yeah, and they also do... Um Dole Whip flights there. I think that's the only location Ooh, you can get the flight where you can try different um, flavors that they have there. Uh, I do believe they also have maybe some alcohol concoctions with the Dole Whip mix as well. So I think in Florida where it's hot and humid, more places to get a cold treat like Dole Whip is oh, yeah. always a great idea. So um, do- the Dole Whip swirls on the water kiosk at Disney Springs is one that I certainly would love to check out. All right, let's head into April. What did we have happen in April? Well, again, another return post-COVID was the character meet and greets. So before character meet and greets were fully back, um, you could wave at a distance. You could kind of basically like take a selfie with six feet of space between you and the characters um but in april hugs returned you could go you could hug a character um and take a picture side by side with them which was a very long awaited thing for many huge disney fans i saw so many videos photos people finally getting to hug mickey or whoever their favorite character was again and just sobbing i think it was i mean seeing those videos was incredibly sweet and I love them as well but I do think this was a huge deal for parents of little ones because before um 
you think about you know your parent you're going with little ones little ones may not like to ride many attractions or they may not be tall enough and so oftentimes a lot of these families lean into the character meet and greets and that's their line that's the line that they stand in because their kids really want to meet Rapunzel or they really want to meet Mickey or Minnie and so by having this back I feel like it gave families with younger kids an option and something more to do in the parks whereas before it wasn't as enticing to buy a Disney park ticket during this pandemic change because of not having that availability so I think that was huge for those families yeah and I think there's something to be said about our human nature and physical touch being a huge part of it and so being able to connect in that way in the Disney parks just brings back a huge element of magic that Mm -hmm. had been missing for a while and speaking on COVID the mask policy was also lifted in April Um, they definitely had a staged uh, mask policy that was over time it was you couldn't you had to wear them all the time then it was only indoors or indoor attractions and then it was fully lifted in April and it was the option if you'd like to wear one or not and so um, that that happened in April salt and straw also opened in April which is a very unique ice cream chain um, out in Disney Springs very unique flavors and salty and sweet the combinations that you probably would never find anywhere else so that opened at Disney Springs but another thing that opened in April is one of your favorite places in Epcot yes in April we had the opening of Connections Eatery and Cafe so Epcot is going through a huge change a huge renovation of the front half of the park has been happening for a while Um, what we know as Future World is turning into all of these different neighborhoods and we lost the electric umbrella it was uh, basically your standard quick service with American food um, at the front hub of Epcot and with Connections um, Eatery and Cafe opening gave everybody a new huge quick service spot and they also have a lot of really good food that's you know a variety based on what you can get in other american-based quick service options and so um having the new location for quick service which i love i love all their menu items i haven't gotten something there that i don't like um is great and then the connections cafe is basically the starbucks location for epcot now um it was its own um i forget what it was called before but it was its own location and now connections eatery and cafe are kind of one in the same they kind of are back to back to each other but one giant circle of um seating there's so many seating options that you have in there there are booths there are tables there are high tops the high tops have uh, wireless charging there are also outlets that you can plug into Um, it's it's a great spot to just relax for a minute and get some air conditioning but um, one thing I will say about connections which I think they probably have run into because it's such a great spot to sit and just relax they've now roped off the seating where you can only go in and sit down if you have food really yes so whenever you are going to connections if you just want to go and plug your phone in and sit for a minute if you haven't ordered anything they won't let you enjoy the space huh so it must have been in in the initial opening stages a great place where people like oh i can go charge my phone just chill for a minute and they said um no we need this space for yeah we need the space for people eating so um that was an interesting change to see as well but i love connections it's a welcome addition to epcot I love that. I have not had a chance to experience the cafe yet. I've been been at Epcot a couple of times since it opened, but I have been into the the store that they have there as well. But I'm looking forward to experiencing that in the near future. Okay, May. Something really big happened in May. We got a brand new high ticket attraction. 
It is the high ticket attraction. It's definitely the high ticket attraction. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, Reverse Launch Roller Coaster, absolute insanity, tons of screens. You're moving on a like you're you're on a roller coaster, but each individual car can turn 180 degrees. It's it's next level technology when it comes to a roller coaster. It's Guardians of the Galaxy themed. They have the randomized song each time you ride it. I mean, there's so many fun elements to this ride and it has been welcomed into Epcot. It has been such a hit with so many people. You've heard us talk about it here on the podcast. I I really enjoy it. Caitlin did not like it. Now she enjoys it. So we've <laughs> we've had some love hate with Cosmic Rewind, but we are moving towards the love and it's all all okay. But yeah, this is a huge high ticket attraction that we received in May. Yes, I, not only is it a new attraction that's incredible, but I think it's just a marker for where Disney is going with their new attractions that they are building. We obviously have a lot to cover in 2022, but we are looking forward to stuff like Tron opening in 2023 because of stuff like Cosmic Rewind. When you see the level of expertise that goes into curating these new attractions, it just makes you so excited and want to anticipate all that Disney has in the works. And so Cosmic Rewind was not only a great addition, an exciting addition, but it's a marker for what's to come as well. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. There wasn't really anything else big that happened in May, so we'll move on to June. We did have the reopening of the Finding Nemo musical, but it was revamped. It's now called Finding Nemo, The Big Blue, and Beyond. They added some new songs. They changed the story just slightly, and that was a show that I think was gone for so long during COVID because it's very hard to um, reopen something that requires a lot of talent. They're, all of the cast of the Finding Nemo musical were extraordinary and uh, to able to you know revamp the show completely and then find a talented enough cast to play these roles they wanted to make sure that they had all of their pieces lined up so i appreciate that they took some time to reopen this i have not seen the new show yet but i've heard really great things it's an animal kingdom and it's definitely worth a watch when you're next in that park um, if you need somewhere to sit down get some ac and also just enjoy a I mean, it's it, these shows at Disney, they're they're Broadway level, in my opinion, like they are so well done and they're not that long. They're only 20 to 30 minutes and you're able to get in and get out and see um, some amazing Disney content. Yeah, absolutely. It's over. Uh, if you know where the theater for Kite Tales is, it's right behind it. Um, kind of if you walk past Everest, it's going to be in that direction. And it is just a good place to not only sit down, enjoy some AC and time outside of the sun, but it's a great show. So um, that was exciting to have back in Animal Kingdom. I think Animal Kingdom needs as many things going for it um, as possible. It's a park that people tend to pop in and pop out of. So I was excited to see this one return. Um, Next, we have the minivan return, which I am a huge fan of. It is stupid expensive. If you can take a regular lift, the price is a third or a fourth of what a minivan is costing. But the minivan quality is just next level. When I have somebody that's never been to Disney before with me and I want to kind of make them fall in love, it's the wooing of Disney with the minivans. It's They're so cute. The cast members that drive these vehicles around are incredible always. And 
They have every type of phone charger you need in them. The air conditioning is always spot on. Um, so I was excited to see the minivans return. Whenever I go on a Disney trip, I get one at least once, just once, to enjoy the luxury. Um, but that was exciting because Disney spent so much money in investing in all of these uh, GMC Chevrolet vehicles for the minivans. And then with COVID, they just went away. And so it was like, well, yeah. um, I don't know what we do with all these cars now. Um, but but I'm glad to see that they returned and these cast members also got their jobs back. Yeah, that's amazing. And who doesn't want to ride in a Disney themed lift? on their way from their resort to the park or their park to Disney Springs or wherever you're heading. It's so nice to be able to have that option if that's something that you want to do. So I love that they brought that back in the month of June. So now we're heading into those summer months. The the news just keeps rolling on. And in July, we got the release of the Magic Band Plus. This is the newest Magic Band available for you to purchase. It does come with a charger and I believe you have to charge it almost every night if you're going to go in the parks but it is a more interactive magic band than the original magic band if you are not familiar with what these items are they are bracelets that you wear into the parks you can scan into attractions you can have your tickets on them you can even pay for merchandise or food if you're staying at a disney resort and the magic band plus does everything that the original magic band does but in addition it also interacts with some of the elements in the park um, if you're in star wars galaxy's edge you can um do like a droid um there's like a game that you can play with them where you can interact with certain parts of galaxy's edge there are the fifth the fab 50 statues that are throughout the park that if you walk up to one your wrist will vibrate and light up and you can they might say something back to you or if you wave at them it's really cute and then also during the nighttime spectaculars they will light up in sync with the show which is my favorite part of having the magic band plus very interactive very fun it's just another extra magic touch on your wrist for your disney trip and you can also store your genie plus lightning lanes on there as well so it does a lot of things they are a little more pricey than the original magic bands but definitely worth it i have one and i thoroughly enjoyed using it during my trip in september so that was magic band plus what else did we have in july we had another reopening of the Main Street Barbershop. I know a lot of people that were waiting very patiently for the barbershop's return. Um, a lot of people who had kiddos, they wanted to get their first haircut there, and they were waiting and waiting and waiting for it to reopen, and they could finally go in and have that magical experience on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom. Um, it is a really cute thing to do if you have littles um, and you want them to just get a small trim they put pixie dust in their hair and um kind of give them that almost bibbity boppity boutique experience without um the price or all the costumes and everything you can kind of get their their hair looking nice and cute so that was an exciting return in july as well i mean i don't think a lot of people like know that there's an actual like barber shop in the magic kingdom i did not know this for a very long time and when I found that out, I was like, that is really sweet and adorable. And how cute is it to say that you got your haircut at Disney World? I think that's amazing. I'm so glad that's back. Um, other things that came back in July. Oh, just one more was Eat to the Beat. There's lots of bands that go through Epcot. There's an auditorium, outdoor auditorium there near the America Pavilion. And 
they just have you know an, a calendar of, of nightly shows and um, you can literally just eat to the beat which I think is really fun I'm glad they brought that back it brings a lot of that atmosphere back to Epcot so uh, lots of things returning in July but in August we also had the reopening of the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique like we just mentioned this is your um, elevated uh, experience that I mean it's where you basically can go and be turned into a princess or a pirate and the dress the hair the sparkles the photo I mean, it's it's the transformation project that you all wanted as a kid. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's extreme home makeover Disney style, yes. or not home makeover, extreme, extreme makeover, extreme makeover home edition, Disney edition. <laughs> um, but my sisters did it as. Um, toddlers and I think they loved it whenever they did it I got to watch them do it Um, I am a good bit older than my sister so I do have very specific memories of going into the castle and watching them get all dolled up and pick their dress and um, it's a really special experience for um, a young child who truly has that imaginative spirit where they believe oh my gosh I'm a princess now and all the things that the cast members do to make that experience really sweet for them and the parents too um is really i mean it's pricey but it's a a memorable experience oh yeah that was exciting for sure i cannot wait to bring my own children there and live vicariously through them because i don't believe i did bippity body boutique as a kid and i'm like okay all right if i have a girl or boy i guess we can go do pirate too we're doing it. They um, they do prince makeovers. They can yeah. become princes. Oh, I thought uh-huh. it was just pirates. Um, they have pirates, but you can also do oh, that's so dress up like Prince Charming or any of the so princes. So um, you can you can do either or. Oh. Okay, what else happened in August? Uh, So we've had a lot of things waiting to open on the boardwalk at the boardwalk resort. Um, There used to be um, an ice cream shop there that closed, and then there was maybe going to be a salt and straw there, and then that didn't happen. And now there's going to be a new cake shop that we know that's coming, but we finally got the opening of the boardwalk deli. So it's another... um, general quick service spot on the boardwalk i love leaving epcot and going to the epcot resort loop um there is the boardwalk the yacht club and the beach club and then the swan and dolphin are kind of sitting behind them but if you need a break from the crowds of the park and you just want to go and sit and get some food relax for a minute any of those spots um, are great spots to do that and now that the boardwalk deli is open you have another spot that maybe isn't your average cheeseburger chicken tenders you can get your your deli food there as well Um, so that was a good addition to that epcot resort area yeah and the the boardwalk deli replaced the boardwalk bakery so it took the same location as that. They do also still have some bakery items. I think they just wanted to expand their menu and their location itself. So I'm excited to try that out yeah. on my next trip. And then finally, in August, we had a really cool addition brought into the nighttime spectacular at Magic Kingdom called Enchantment. We were able to see some additions added, be added at the beginning, which include uh, Walt Disney and his contribution, obviously, to Walt Disney World. Uh, I think a lot of people, when Enchantment came out, they were slightly disappointed that there wasn't really a tribute to him or a nod at um, his impact and what he's done for the company as a whole. And so they went back in and added some really sweet segments to the beginning of Enchantment to really make that show well-rounded. 
Yes, I think a lot of the feedback with Enchantment, which if you go back to one of our episodes, I don't remember which one it was, but we talked again about this very thing about how the 50th anniversary of Magic Kingdom with their nighttime spectacular should have been a reflection of that, a celebration of Walt's creation of the Magic Kingdom, Disney World and above. Um, And there was just basically what I thought a recreation of Happily Ever After that was something new for the 50th. And it didn't click for me at first, but with this new addition of Walt's voice with things that give you that nostalgic, wow, 50 years of Walt Disney World um, feeling were added to the intro of this show, I think made it hit home for me. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, finally got that that piece that so many people were craving. Um, so I applaud Disney on listening to its fans and bringing that in, even though it was a year into the 50th celebration. And I mean, they kept listening because they're also bringing Happily Ever After back. So, I mean, they do listen, folks. They they hear us and um, sometimes they follow through on what they hear. So it's really cool to see that the fans get to have an impact on what happens in the parks. So that was August. And now we're bringing it into the fall season at Walt Disney World. And the Walt Disney Company had some major things happen in September because we had the D23 Expo which is the large Disney fan event conference that happens every two years. Yes, typically it happens every two years. It's been three years. The last one was in 2019. So due to the pandemic, it had been a little extra time since we'd gotten to enjoy a D23 Expo. Well, D23 Expo is basically the Disney fan event where everybody goes crazy because they announce basically everything that's going to be coming up in the near future within the movie world, TV world, the parks, I mean, everything that is Walt Disney, they are they are letting you know, hey, this is what we've got in the works. Anything from here's the actual date of when this is going to open to these are ideas we have written down on paper that we're not sure are actually going to come to fruition, but we want you to know about them. And those are called Big Sky Ideas, and it's really fun as a fan to get the insight of what's happening behind the curtain and um, get excited about what's going to come in the future. So we did touch on the big announcements from that, but we want to kind of um, retell you guys what happened during D23 Expo. Kate, what were the big announcements? There were obviously the announcements of Happily Ever After returning. That was basically the intro to the Disney Parks uh, segment during D23. People... I think we're floored by that. There was not necessarily an expectation that it was returning. There was always hope, but um, the fact that they're bringing it back really got people going crazy. Um, And then lots of other park-based announcements include things that we somewhat already knew were coming, um, but Tron coming spring 2023, um, the closing of Splash Mountain and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom and the opening of um, the Tiana's Bayou Adventure um, was announced and um, the dates for the closure of Splash Mountain have also been announced since, um, which is coming in the in the next couple of weeks here um and a a lot of other blue sky ideas about expansions into the parks as well um between animal kingdom and magic kingdom i don't think we'll see those for a very long time oh yeah yeah those are I, i wouldn't foresee those happening until we get closer to like 2030 yeah i think that it's a lot of times also 
announced at D23 to get fan feedback, to see how people respond, to see if that's an exciting announcement or if people have a ton of negative things to say. So those big expansion ideas, I think, are just to see where people go with their responses. Um, But what were some other hard uh, announcements that were made of things happening? So we did get the announcement that we will have a new Disney Cruise Line ship. It will be called the Treasure. So that was a big one that was announced. Um, We will also be getting the live action Little Mermaid film coming out this year, which I'm very, very excited about. There were also a lot of Marvel announcements of the next phases of um, all the Marvel films to come and when we can expect those. And then also there was the 100 Years of Wonder announcement. 2023 is the 100 year anniversary of the Walt Disney Company from when it started in 1923. And the 100 Years of Wonder celebration will be taking place mostly in Disneyland. And there was announcement of a lot of merchandise that would be coming, all the different celebrations and stuff that would be coming up to celebrate the the 100 years of wonder there's going to be a also going to be a new intro to all of the disney films that have the new 100 years of wonder kind of the new disney castle um intro i guess i've they previewed that and so just a lot to look forward to in celebration of all the walt disney company has come to be over the last 100 years yeah thinking about 100 years is truly crazy because i've only been alive nearly 30 of those and um to see where disney has gone with 100 years of time it makes me really excited to see what's going to happen during my lifetime um so it's a it's a good moment to stop and say gosh just like we're doing with this episode look at all we've done in the last 100 years so it's a, a very important and exciting celebration for the company oh yeah and there are plenty of other announcements as well and so definitely go back and listen to some of our previous episodes to learn more about d23 and all the things that were announced but also in september um, we had two two other things happen kite tales came to an end which it was very <laughs> short-lived and as soon as kite tales came out i was like this ain't gonna last long Um, Basically, Kite Tales was a very large, elaborate kite show in Animal Kingdom on the Little River Amphitheater where jet skis would drive around with these like huge... um, kites that look like they had a they had jungle theme jungle book theme and they also had a lion king theme so you'd see really large like simba and blue be around and just all these different characters but the problem with this show was that the kites if they didn't get enough wind they would constantly crash into the water or the crowds and these things are extremely large so they became quite a hazard i saw kite tails I took the time to go sit and actually watch the show, um, not just take it in from a distance as you're walking around where you can you can kind of see it happening from a lot of different viewpoints. Um, but we sat and watched it, and it was just silly. It was <laughs> not, it was just silly. It was not long. There they played like two instrumental songs from whichever film was being featured at that time. 
and the jet skis drove in circles and you could hear the jet skis. It wasn't like they were far enough where the sound of the jet ski was muted. So on top of the instrumental versions of I Just Can't Wait to Be King, you also hear the motors of a lot of jet skis going. And the way that the kites come down is that they crash and that's part of the show. And it's funny, but they only did like two songs. It was not long and it wasn't truly entertaining to me um, aside from laughing at the show because it seemed so silly so um i'm i thought it was a a good use of space and creative for them to come up with something like that but because it only works based on weather it's not a great investment um on disney's part to continue to have that show running yeah it's it was an interesting one i think they had good intention with the show but I'm not sure with Florida if it just works well with the weather. Yeah. So that one's coming to an end. Actually, on your Bachelorette, I may have seen one of, like, the last showings. I don't know. Oh, but really? I never saw it. I was just like, I would, maybe I, I walked past it a couple times. I was like, oh, Kite Tales is going. But I was like, I'm not going to. I have better things to do. Yes. So bye-bye, Kite Tales. Maybe something <laughs> new will come in there. Yeah. And, um, and then speaking of weather, Disney did have a two-day closure in September for um, Hurricane Ian, which came through and um, did a lot of damage to the coast of Florida, but Orla, Disney World did close for two days to make sure everybody was safe. And honestly, if you're ever in Disney World during a hurricane, I think that might be one of the safest places to be because the Walt Disney community runs on its own power grid. The The resorts are prepped and ready to go. Like they treat you so well and they keep you safe and um if I was there, I would feel I would feel comfortable um, in the hands of Disney. Yes, I heard a lot of people that sheltered from the hurricane in the Disney resorts. Um, I actually, on one of my rides in a minivan, was talking to the cast member driving, and he and his wife during the hurricane loaded up a suitcase and stayed on Disney property because they knew that they were going to get power back sooner than they would in their neighborhood. And so, um, again, it, we're very um thankful that disney has done such a job at building their own individual infrastructure but our hearts go out to all of those that were impacted by hurricane ian we live on the coast of north carolina and have seen the damage of hurricane weather and um, it can be absolutely catastrophic and so for anyone out there still dealing with um, the repercussions of that storm that did come through our hearts go out to you um, and we know it doesn't happen overnight so we are here um, in spirit to keep sending you guys all the encouragement you need absolutely that was well said Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, So we're moving on to October. Something that we didn't mention that has been happening in the last two months that we've gone through August and September is that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party fully returned. Post-pandemic, they did after-hours parties. It was not the full... um, Halloween or Christmas party that we knew previously. It was an abbreviated, shortened version of it. And so 2022 was the first year that these parties came back full swing. And I think that they went off without a hitch. They were packed every time and people were so happy to have them back. Absolutely. I was so thrilled to be able to experience the Not So Scary Halloween Party um, on my Disney Bachelorette. It was so much fun. And then we headed into October with some not so great news when it came to the Disney parks. We have experienced a lot of 
surge pricing. Now, Caitlin, explain to the people what surge pricing is. It's basically a price based for your Disney vacation around crowd levels. So depending on how popular that time of year is, your price will be higher or lower. Disney prices in general have continued to increase, but now they will increase even more based on the time of year that you want to go. So if you want to go at peak times, Christmas time, um, any type of holiday, basically a long weekend like Labor Day or Memorial Day, your price not only for your tickets, but your price for your resort and your price for Genie Plus is now going to fluctuate, which is really frustrating. I think Genie Plus, I don't, I mean, I understand they have to control the crowds. They have to control the numbers. If everyone is in line for the lightning lane compared to the regular queue, then that doesn't really make sense. And that's equally as frustrating. But to go from a guaranteed $15 per person per day to now potentially being even more than that, just depending on what time you go, um, stinks for big families. Um, I have a really big family. So for us to go and get Genie Plus, there is always nine of us. And then if more members of our family come, you know, that's it's a lot of people, a lot of money, and, um, you know, it's a part of the process of controlling crowds, but um, it does make Disney even more expensive than it already is. Yeah, and they also changed, if you were going to just one park for one day, you're not getting a park hopper ticket, the price per park has now changed. So before it was like if you just wanted a one day one park ticket it was one standard price now if you want to go to magic kingdom over animal kingdom magic kingdom is going to be more expensive to go to than animal kingdom because of the value that it provides so they really are changing a lot of things up i'm interested to see what bob Iger does now that he's ceo again and if that will change at all or what direction we'll head in with that but ticket pricing i mean also ticket prices um increased in december so i mean it's just been a lot of price Adjustments, especially after COVID. I think they're trying a lot of new things to see how they can continue to profit. And um, I just want the parks to be affordable again. <laughs> yeah, and I don't necessarily foresee prices going down. Um, maybe in the event of a recession or something like that, maybe the price would change. I think Iger might stabilize prices or change prices of other things. Like... Um, I don't know whether it be the resort itself or the food items like yeah, if all of the true. quick service now increase in price something like that for them to get revenue somewhere else um, to spread the pricing changes to other parts of the park but um, for operating costs and all of that I know they have a bottom line and they need to make profit and there's so many people trying to get to the parks these days it's insane I know it's a impossible task to get that done and do it fairly for everyone um but hopefully there will be some stability and not a continued announcement of price increases coming for us um but with that moving into november we'll just go ahead and bite the bullet and say what we already said bob Iger was announced as a reinstated ceo for the walt disney company bob chapek is no longer the ceo I think this is an interesting announcement. It's exciting, but um, Bob Iger has only signed a two-year contract. He's not going to be around long. I think he's going to basically hold the company steady as they transition. Um, and 
some stuff that I've read and, and listened to for feedback is Bob Iger was responsible for selecting his predecessor for the person who's going to be CEO after him. And he actually selected Bob Chapek. I don't know, you know, what the reasoning was, what he saw in him, if he thought it was going to go differently. Um, but the stuff that I've read from Disney critics, people who aren't on the, oh my gosh, Bob Auger is the best. I'm so glad he's back train is that he didn't do a great job of selecting a CEO the first time around. And so now he's kind of having to come back and deal with the aftermath of that selection, um, which I think is an interesting perspective on the scenario. A lot of Disney fans are so excited he's back, but I don't know how much change and how much he can bring in just a two-year stint. Exactly. I I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next two years and also who is the next CEO and what will happen with the Disney company and beyond. Also in November, we got Fantasmic back. It was a nighttime show at Hollywood Studios, a very beloved nighttime show that people are very thrilled are back and have been waiting for for a very long time. And we also had the opening of reopening of Blizzard Beach, one of Disney's water parks that had been closed for a very long time as well due to COVID. And we actually got a new addition to Blizzard Beach. There's a little Frozen themed section of the park, which I think is so, so sweet and so cute. It's definitely a little kitty area, but Blizzard Beach is back and ready for you in your water park adventures. And that was kind of really it for November. The only big thing we really saw in December was, uh, well, November and December was Mickey's Very Merry uh, Christmas Party came back, which was their Christmas version of the Halloween party that we just mentioned, as well as those ticket prices increasing and us you know, kind of bringing the world, the Disney World life to an end in 2022. And now we're into 2023. Yes, it was a whirlwind of a year. We obviously went through so much for Parks News. We're just going to go over the big hitters for movie and TV real quick. We had a couple of big wins in the movie world. Personally, these are obviously our opinions. Some of them are based off of numbers, but personally, I felt like Turning Red was a big win. It had been a long time since something exciting had come out during the pandemic. Everything stopped happening in theaters and Turning Red was a Pixar movie that was released to Disney Plus only. It blew my expectations. I wasn't really sure what to think of it and I thought it was so well done, funny, all of the above. It got a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and there are so many four townies out there now. So I think it was a win for the Disney Pixar film industry. Um, And then obviously at the end of this year, we had the release of Avatar The Way of Water, a very long and anticipated film finally released. It's been a big win. It has the the highest or the fastest turnover for a billion dollars in the box office for the whole year of 2022 of any movie. Um, In two weeks, it reached a billion. Its current box office revenue right now is at 2.9 billion. So it's doing really well in theaters. It'll be in theaters for even more time. So I think that number will continue to increase, but its success is clearly showing in the numbers. Um, How about some losses, Court? So the losses here would definitely have to be Multiverse of Madness and Lightyear. We both did not enjoy really either of these films, but statistic statistic wise when it comes to when it comes to like the actual numbers here, 
So Multiverse of Madness um, made $955 million in the box office, but and it had a $200 million budget, which that is, I mean, out of the two, that one is obviously, they still made a significant amount of money from that film. I think a lot of people were anticipating this film and wanted to go see it because they hyped it up so much, but I think the deliverance wasn't as great, so I can see how they made the money there. But for Lightyear, it barely broke even. It made $226 million, and it had a $200 million budget, making only $26 million, which in the film industry, that is nothing. That's pennies in a bucket. So Lightyear was not a success at all. Um... It's still a cute movie. It just, I think, it just, it didn't hit the way that a lot of people thought it was going to. And same with Multiverse of Madness. Um, it, it, it's a really good movie. It's still Marvel. It's still incredible. But it's just, I, th- I just don't think it was what people expected. Yeah, I don't think it was what people expected. I also think there was a little bit of controversy with there being the very first animated um, same-sex kiss scene in a movie. And I think there was um, some backlash from parents wanting to take their children to see that for whatever reason. I saw the movie. I wouldn't have batted an eye um, at the scene and I don't think kids would have either but I think that that was also a part um, the reality of why that movie didn't succeed either Um, and you know whether or not the movie really you know was a success for me as a Toy Story fan there just wasn't a connect Um, and so I think that that uh, word got out to a lot of people that the movie wasn't really as good as they had hoped it would be. Um, The concept of it was great, but it just truly for the movie industry and for a standard Disney film was not a success. Um, So I also feel like uh, Thor Love and Thunder kind of falls into that miss category. It was um, only given a 64 on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, both Lightyear and Multiverse of Madness, ironically enough, got a 74. So their um, Rotten Tomatoes scoring was higher, um, but the income for Love and Thunder was less than Multiverse of Madness. And um, again, just another Marvel movie that seemed to kind of not succeed um, or impact the audience the way that the audience wanted it to i think i agree i i i first personally preferred thor over multiverse of madness i just think the humor is is quite good um but it's just it's hard when you have such big hitting marvel movies to then come through and try and produce more and have them have the same effect that the others did so i can see how kind of things ended that way we did have an honorable mention though for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special on disney plus very cute very sweet um a great little addition to the holiday season and then just some things that came out in the tv realm we had high school musical the musical the series season three mm-hmm. and then we had game changers season three mighty ducks and Andor and obi-wan from the star wars universe so had some great 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 star wars content obi-wan was probably the uh, i would guess the most streamed thing on disney plus this entire year and uh, people were so excited to see the return of ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen in this i show. Yes, I think the anticipation for huge Star Wars fans for Obi-Wan was massive. Everyone was so excited to see it, um, to see Darth Vader return 
and Obi-Wan and just kind of get that in-between story um, was really neat. For me personally though, I am a huge Andor fan. I preferred Andor to Obi-Wan. And um, if you haven't seen it, it is the story of Cassian Andor, who was um, a part of the Rogue One story for Star Wars. So um, it's it's really well done. It maybe starts a little bit slow, but the second half of the show is, I mean, uh, so good. So both of these shows were incredible for Star Wars fans. I think what they're doing with the Star Wars content in these series is unmatched. It's absolutely mind-blowing that it's a TV show and it has the cinematic quality of a theater movie. I mean, it's absolutely mind-blowing the technology, the CGI. I mean, it's it's next level technology and it's amazing to be a part of that and be alive during this this segment of Star Wars content. It's so cool, but wow, what a year. I mean, like I said, 2022 was a year, to say the least. So. I mean, it was crazy in the Disney realm. It was crazy in the podcast realm. I mean, it was crazy in our personal lives. I got engaged. I'm getting married next year. I mean, we went on a Disney bachelorette. It, it was so fun for me. What happened in your life this year? My 2022, you guys have heard me talk about this before, started very rough, very heavy. My husband's sister passed away. Um, and it just, your time relative to trauma and tragedy is just, it alters a lot. And so my year started off really heavy. And I truly do feel like Disney gave me something to hold on to, a little bit of hope and a little bit of happiness in a really dark time. And um, to have all of the Disney memories that I've had through the year 2022 just made the, the heartbreak and the loss not necessarily fade away, but just remind me to live life and live it um, with tenacity, passion, all of the above. And so I felt like I did that through my love of Disney. Um, we went to Disney so many times. A highlight for me had to have been going to Alani finally. Um, and I didn't think I was going to renew my annual pass. We had an incredible annual pass year. I got to go to Disney six times. And then right as the buzzer is about to go off, I renewed my annual pass. So that has to be a quick summary of a year of highlights for me within the Disney realm. And you bought a house. Uh, I bought a house. That's the podcast space we were talking about. Court and I have always recorded um, from my old apartment, but uh, Sam and I bought our first house and it is our dream space, our dream home, and we couldn't be more grateful and in awe of the fact that we get to call this place home. So um, we are excited to bring you into it by hopefully giving you guys a peek at the studio. And um, if you guys want to see more of that in-studio content, certainly let us know. But yeah. Yeah, that was a, another big point. Oh my gosh, it, it's been it's been such a crazy year, um, and we have so much to look forward to in 2023 in our personal lives, in our Disney lives, in our podcast life, all of the above. And a, a big part of our 2023 is you. And once again, we are just so grateful for each of our listeners and the impact that you have on our lives and the way that you help us. And we get to make create magic. It's just. I'm just so grateful and I know that as I enter a busy season of getting married and that's 
we have plans to make sure that the podcast still goes on and we are going to keep everything on schedule as much as we can and we appreciate any grace as we are going through these busy seasons of life um but really thank you for reflecting with us Um, we hope you had a prosperous and great 2022 um if you did have struggles and things that were hard in 2022 just know that we love you and um you are the magic and you can achieve anything you put your mind to and we support you fully and are here with you so we want to recognize the hurt and the excitement of the last year and we look forward to this year with you uh i say amen to that amen 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 (laughs) and with that we are going to kick it over to kelly for today's trip tip Hey all, this is Kelly from Kelly's Magical Vacations, the official travel partner of the Castle Chat, and I am so excited to bring you today's trip tip. If you're trying to figure out something additional to do during your Disney trip, consider looking at the tours that they offer. There's several that are offered throughout the different parks, and they'll give you different access to the parks in a way that you've never had before. So one that I really love is the Caring for Giants tour. This takes place at Animal Kingdom, and you actually get to be brought backstage and go to the back of the safari to see the elephants up close and personal. Be sure to head over to Kelly's Magical Vacations on Instagram for all your Disney chips and tricks. And if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, you can head to the Castle Chats Instagram. Click that link in their bio and there will be a form that you can fill out so that we can start planning. And I can help you with everything from your accommodations to your tickets to your dining and everything in between. Hey guys, it's Kate bringing you our 2023 giveaway winner. We're so excited that so many of you wanted to participate in this giveaway. We have so many new faces joining us on the podcast, but I know you guys are waiting to find out who the winner is. So after plugging in so many entries, our giveaway winner is Britt Lodi. Brittany Lodi, you are our 2023 giveaway winner. We're so excited to get you your prize. Please send us a DM and we will get all the details sorted out so that you can get your calendar, your ring, and your 2023 pin. Creator Spotlight. It's a shiny light in 2023. It's not you or me. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I am blown away. That was the most amazing jingle I've ever heard on this podcast. I had to start with something upbeat for 2023. Come on. Oh my gosh, girl. We just need a little album with all your little jingles on it. We'll start collecting. I'll get sound bites from all of them. <laughs> like a blooper reel, but it's oh, just all of our man, jingles. Oh man, you guys will want to plug your ears for that. That's amazing. I love that. Okay, we are back with another Creator Spotlight. This is where we highlight a creator in the Disney community that we see that is just out there killing it, creating such funny or cute content that just captures our attention, and we cannot wait to share it with you all. And this week, we are bringing you the Creator Spotlight, which is the Disney Kiki. Okay, for those of you who don't know, my family refers to me as Kiki, everyone in my life uh, that has been around me and my family knows that I am referred to as Kiki. So whenever I found the Disney Kiki, I was like, no way. There's (laughs) another Disney Kiki. I love it. So the Disney Kiki, she is 
giving you all of the Disney tips and tricks through her socials, but she's also a travel agent. Um, and she has 446,000, almost 450,000 followers on TikTok and thousands of followers on Instagram too. And her content is funny. It's engaging. She goes to Disney all the time. So she has lots of content that spans all the different aspects of Disney World. Um, and she's somebody that you should definitely be giving a follow on both of those platforms. I love her TikToks. They're so funny. They're so great. They're all about planning Disney trips and you probably have seen her before if you are if you are a frequent TikToker. Um she has definitely like transformed that space and made it so unique and creative and so you definitely need to give her a follow at the Disney Kiki. But Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on our first episode of 2023. It's such an honor to spend 2023 with you in January, and we are so grateful again for you all. But for now, we are going to leave you with what we always leave you with for the first time in 2023, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. Bye, friends. Bye.